Welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very good, yeah. You know, it's very nice to have our second win of the season on the board. Um, Potentially a little bit unexpected. I thought Luton were going to be a little tougher opposition than they proved to be in the end. Um, Nil-nil at halftime probably didn't tell the tale of a pretty open game in the first half. Uh, Both sides had their chances, but... Um, we really stepped it up a gear in the second half and, and ended up running out pretty comfortable 3-0 winners. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I guess you're probably right to say that 0-0 at halftime didn't tell the tale of the game. Um, and I, but I think also that 3-0 at full-time didn't really tell the yeah. full tale either. I think um, that it's, I think once we got that first goal, and I think Luton had had, had some really good chances um, with a couple of, um, great saves by Long, um, particularly where he managed to reclaim it um, right on the line. Um, I think a couple of those, then we finally got one in, and I think they sort of fell apart a little bit then. Um, but Chris, you look at some of our players, and um, I think Grisicki was the star, dangerous all night. Um, every time he got the ball, he was looked like he was going to make something happen. Um Kingsley was. Uh, uh, yeah, what did you, look, what did they, you I mean, they, Kingsley's game. Look, I, I think they. I mean, they kept a clean sheet, which is nice as a unit. But I think Kingsley got himself out of position on a number mm-hmm. of times when he didn't need to. And I um, credit to him, he scrambled back to to you know he made plenty of blocked blocks for um, on attempted crosses and things. But um, Cornet was able to get the ball in space far too often, um, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it seemed quite often, and it's sort of a trademark of games that Kingsley starts, that um, their their, winger, their right winger or their, their right fullback or whoever's kind of moving into that position for them um, gets a lot of space because Kingsley seems to come inside quite a lot and then Grzycki doesn't cr- uh, track back uh, very much, which then just leaves them with a lot of time and space on, on that sort of right flank. Um, which we didn't notice as much last week when Elder was there. So I mean, it was a credit to Elder's game that he he was, um, you know, such a such a better uh, uh, positioned fullback in that sense. So um, it's a bit concerning that the same issues keep kind of cropping up with Kingsley when he plays. And um, you know, a better team might have punished us a little bit more from that position. Um, I, I guess the other concerning player, or, or probably the uh, the other one who. Um, has a few question marks over his game, was Eves, who again um, looked really unconvincing, unfortunately, for him, and uh, to the point that he was actually taken off at half-time. Um, we sort of talked about a few weeks ago, he was um, dropped in favour of Magenis, um, which, you know, what that does for his confidence, potentially not great, but um, I can't imagine that being subbed off at half-time would be too good either. Yeah, I'm not sure um, whether... It was a whether it was a pre-planned thing that like because you got to say neither Eves or Magenis have really stood yeah. out as being a clear you know they're the clear starting number nine, um, so maybe that was the thing. Go you get forty five, you get forty five, you know, um, sh- sh- 
you know, make the most of it. Um, and then I guess at, at least if that was the plan, at least if that you do that, then you get to see, each player gets an equal opportunity to showcase their wares. Um, but I'm not, I mean, it's entirely possible. Maybe Eve's copped a, like a light knock or something. Um, maybe he just was, I mean, he, he's down on confidence. He's got, he's down on confidence. He's down on luck at the minute. Um, should have got one, maybe two. Um, but yeah, just, um, sort of fluffed his lines a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it was a weird, I, I wasn't expecting it regardless of, uh, cause I, th- I still think he's just, regardless of the, his lack of finishing. I think again, we keep saying all his other general play is still really good. He's still getting involved in lots and being a part of the play. It's just when he's got to be at the end of it, that seems to be, um, the problem. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, It'll be interesting, I guess. We've also got Belok coming through. Played in the under-23s on uh, on, our, on Friday night at our time, which was good because it gave us a chance to, to have a look. I, I managed to catch a bit of the game against Leeds because they were streaming it on their Twitter feed. Uh, and it was a very tidy finish from him. And, and I guess, um, obviously, at a much lower level, but it's good to see um, that sort of natural uh, positioning and awareness from him. He was... You know, sort of sat, sat on the edge of the box waiting for a cutback and then just finished it neatly into the bottom corner. And um, look, if, if he's going to start getting going, uh, getting his fitness up and into that first team position, um, he may well sort of be quite a an unexpected answer to our issues. But um, look, at the moment, I guess it'll be interesting, interesting to see what happens on the weekend, whether Magenis gets his chance to start the game. Um, I can't say that he really seemed to impress a whole lot more in the second half than Eves did, and I guess there's there's more pressure on Eves because um, he sort of was seen as our natural um, first choice striker. But um, at the same time, look, if the other options aren't any more appealing, then maybe he just keeps getting his chances. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I am interested to see how um, Bullock goes i mean over the next you know few weeks and gets his fitness up and and whether he breaks into that squad in place of eves or magenis um i can't help thinking that um you know we did pick up a reasonably handy striker from piermo um previously um and if we don't and we've got we've got um this fella on a free basically so if he's anywhere near as good or half as good, um, it's, it could be some pretty good business. <laughs> and then I guess on the more positive front, um, first clean sheet at the club for George Long is uh, is great to see. Um, it will be you know great for his confidence. Not that he's um, not that he's really lacked in any so far this season. He's had a really great start to the season. Uh, and three and three for Grzyki as well. He's really sort of added another string to his bow in terms of um, goal scoring. Yeah, I think um, in terms of uh, Long, uh, I think he he really earned that clean sheet, um, and I think he's been unlucky in previous games. Every game, every game he we play, he um, always manages to pull off one or two like really high class, high quality saves, um, and that keep us in the game, um, or in this case, you know, protect um, protect a clean sheet, protect our lead. Um, so he's he has been really impressive. Um, it's uh, unfortunate um, for our other goalkeepers, but um, 
barring injury at this stage, I can't see any reason that, you know, George Long won't be number one all season. Um, and Grzycki, yeah, just um, crazy. Like, you, it would be – it's hard to think that um, with Bo, how Bowen's been going over the last couple of seasons that anyone would really, um, I guess, overshadow him – but over the last few weeks, I think Grisicki's really stepped into the limelight and his involvement and activity in games is actually starting to, um, I guess, take the take the spotlight off Bowen, um, which, I mean, is good. It It's not, it's good. I guess it's just good to have, um, we always knew, we always have known what Grisicki is capable of. Um, and now he's finally... Last year it was lots and lots of assists, um, and he's between them they've got seven goals or something this, this already this yeah. year. The wingers seven goals in eight games or something. So um, let the, let's just uh, hope that continues and they both stay fit and uh, firing um, again. Like <laughs> it's a bit probably unfortunate for um, you know some of those you know you're talking Josh Bowler and and those sorts of guys who've come in um hopeful of getting a, a some a run of games um you know to in in a fir- in a first team you know first first 11 but uh yeah i think um it, it will be interesting come january um if both of our wingers continue the vein of form that they are in uh, and what do you make of the potential news or the rumours that uh, is looking at signing a new two-year deal? I mean, it, it would be great if he was to stay and great if he was to sign a new deal. I think um, there's probably a healthy dose of scepticism around whether it would get done. Um, I think we've seen in the past the track record with the club and re-signing these uh, higher-wage players, even if it was on a reduced wage. I think he's sort of saying the right things in terms of at his age he just wants to be settled and, and know what his future holds. Um, it sort of suggests he may be willing to take a bit of a pay cut, but um, knowing the club, they might just sort of look at it as, well, let's just try and shift him off the book no matter what. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I actually hadn't heard, uh, hadn't seen that one um myself as of yet but uh, if that is a rumor going around i would be more than happy for that to eventuate i think um i think it's been interesting to see i guess over the 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 three three years yeah just yeah that grisicki's yeah. been here the i guess the that the turnaround in his like attitude toward the club um we saw um you know the the infamous like the tweets with him and, and David Myler, you know, on Trent on um, dead, deadline day and and those sorts of things too. You know, he's coming out and you know it's it's how much he loves the club and he loves um, Hull and so I think that's um, if if he was to stay, I don't can't see any any I, I can't imagine anyone complaining about that. But I think you're probably right in terms of that discussion around wages. Um, is going to be a difficult one. I did see, I saw, I saw a rumor of uh, one another Turkish clubs, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, preparing. Clubs Club, Nazibor, so I, I wouldn't have pronounced that one. Yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, um, you know, preparing a, a deal to try and grab him in January. Um, but I think, like, I think if any of those things were to become more solid, I think at the very least we'd probably see them activate the 12 month extension that I think they have on him um, just because then they might be able to recoup some money. But 
Um, I mean, if he was, if he's willing to stay um, and they can make a deal, I'd be um, all for that. And then I guess last but not least before we move on, uh, Kevin Stewart scoring his first two goals for the club. It's sort of, as they say about buses, you know, you're waiting for one and all of a sudden two come along. And uh, his first was a, probably a little bit more intentional or he knew a little bit more about it. But the uh, the second one, very opportunistic to uh, slam home the uh, the scrambled goal mouth tr- attempted clearance from Luton after a bit of a calamity with uh, a bit of a mix-up between the defender and the goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it in ways it is harsh to call his second goal opportunistic because you the prelude to that is Bowen and Grisicki racing 70 yards with the ball um, away from everyone on a counter. Kevin Stewart has to has to make the decision to to chase that down and keep running like make that run all the way to the goal line essentially to knock that in so um yes the 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 circumstances around how he was able to put the ball in the net sure that's opportunistic but i think uh, he still made the opportunity for himself by you know in the 80 85th minute or whatever it was like making that that you know, being there as a support option um, and making that run to follow follow the, that opportunity in. So um, I think he deserved the two goals. He's been outstanding so far this year. Um, would you, would you he, say he's been the? Who, who would you say is our player of the season at the moment? Because I, I suspect it would probably be between Stewart and Long and potentially Kuziki as well. But but who, personally, I, I think Stewart's pretty much our player of the season. Yeah, I mean, it would be hard to argue otherwise. Um, he's been just—he's just been involved in everything, um, and he's—I think without his presence there, at, um, you know, sweep in front of the defensive line, I think we would have had um, a lot more um, problems than we have. We knew, like when he came, that he had the potential. He, he had a reputation as a great, you know, tackler and and um, good at clearing up. Um, in that position, but he sort of never really showed it. it took him a while to get going, um, but he's really showcasing his talents now and adding just just now you know adding some goals now. Um, his distribution has been um, really good this year. He hasn't been very wasteful with the ball, which has been really good. Um, so I think yeah, in terms of that, in terms of I guess like his consistent role in the team you would probably would have to say that he's been the player of the season so far. Um, but I guess then if say someone like um, Grisicki and Long, I guess then continue on the form that they're building for themselves and perhaps later in the year, it, it might become a two man or a three man race. Yeah. I, I guess it's a good problem to have if there's a couple of players really putting their hand up because um, you know, it, it's good to have a few players in, in some pretty impressive form. Um, well, we look ahead now to the game on the weekend against uh, Cardiff at home, uh, hopefully trying to build on our win away at Luton and, and get two wins in a row on the board. Um, Cardiff only one point ahead of us in the table, so it would be pretty important if we were to get the three points, uh, meaning we would be able to go above them in the table. Um, Cardiff themselves, had, they've sort of had a mixed start to life back in the championship. I think they've had three draws in their last four games, so... Goals and wins not easy to come by for them. Um, I guess you know there's one, there's two ways of looking at it. You look at it as okay, they're a relegated club, so they're theoretically going to be a tough challenge. 
Um, although with um, the way that Huddersfield are travelling, it's not necessarily the case if you've just been in the Premier League that you're actually going to be travelling that well. Um, and looking at their form, they, they certainly haven't been. So it's um, it's a case of, you know, a great opportunity to, to get back-to-back three points. Yeah, I think um, I'm hopeful that um, the win over Luton is... Um, I guess the catalyst for this little run of fixtures, I think in the lead up to the last international break, we were talking about the first, those, those first few fixtures, um, first uh, what, six fixtures had, we, we'd be we'd disappointed with our um, results in that period. And we would need to improve those um, if we were to meet, you know, McCann's aspirations um, of a top six finish. And that's exactly what I think we're at now. We've got, is it two more games before the next break? I think it's something. Or like is that. there more? Um, yeah, and we so if we can get another, if we can take those two wins, um, which I think both are achievable, um, then you know we actually do start to put ourselves in a in a much better position. If we, I mean, with those two wins, we probably sit ourselves. You talk you're probably about sort of eighth or ninth or something, and just on the cusp of that um, six. Um, depending on some of the other results, obviously, but um, and that's sort of where we're going to need to be to get towards. Um, you know, I think probably realistically, my expectation would be, you know, four points is the least that you could really accept from the next two fixtures. Yeah, so we've got Cardiff and Sheffield Wednesday coming up and then Huddersfield the following weekend before we have the international break. So it's really three good opportunities to pick up points. Um, I guess the main conversation will be around Eves and whether he starts on the weekend. Uh, The other one potentially is Lopez in midfield. I think Elder's probably still a week or so away, so probably wouldn't be fit for that left-back slot. Um, Potentially Honeyman and Magenis, but you know, depending on, on how McGann sees that kind of duel between the two number nines. Um, would there be any other potential changes to the side in your mind? Um, I guess I probably, I mean, my only, I mean, if Elder, they, like the talk was that he was, he got a knock, he got kicked in the calf and it was a minor tear. It was maybe a week or two. Um, I probably, yeah, I think you're right. He probably not back. Um, quite yet, maybe you know, maybe for the Huddersfield game, um, but um, so I expect Kingsley would would stay there um, because I think one of the comments that McKenzie's been making is the inability to maintain a back four combination. Um, so I think I mean they got the clean sheet, regardless of whether we thought Kingsley was particularly effective or not. I mean they got the clean sheet. I guess that and they gives them the right to to recline, retain their spots. I didn't think uh, that Lopez was particularly effective um, personally uh, did some good things but he just, I thought he seemed a bit wasteful with, with the ball um, for the most part and maybe a half a step off the off the game on the against Luton um, so I yeah I'd, pr- I'd probably see Honeyman come in to start um, next up I mean in terms of Eves and Magenis it, it, to me, at this, at this stage, it's really a flip of a coin. It, there's, yeah, well, yeah. there's, there's, there's not a great deal of difference between what they're bringing in terms of finishing. Uh, I think Eves has the edge in terms of his general play, but 
it, I think it's marginal the difference between between the two and what they're bringing to their side at this stage. Yeah, I think that's that's um, my opinion as well. I think it's pretty much of a muchness with the two strikers. I don't think they're really offering anything too different. I think at least with Eves, he offers the fact that he's um, quite a tall um, aerial presence in the box. Um, although it's not as if he's been getting on the end of a whole lot of crosses. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be an interesting one. I wonder, you know, if we ever get to the point of trying something completely different and playing Bowen centrally and bringing in Bowler on the wing, potentially, just to, uh, you know, try something else at a different dimension and, and go for that sort of more mobile front three, sort of like a Liverpool-style formation or a Man City on occasions when they play Sterling in that in that central sort of role. But... Um, Look, we'll see. I mean, McGann doesn't seem to be a stranger to, to, you know, rotating things around and trying new things. So um, it'll be interesting to see how we line up. Um, We then have uh, Sheffield Wednesday next Wednesday, and you've sort of alluded to it already. It'll be great if we could get maybe four points or more from these two games. Um, You know, Wednesday only four points ahead of us at the moment, and then pending the result with Cardiff, that could be a lot closer um, come uh, match day. But... um, how, how do you see that one? How do you, how do you see our chances? I mean, they've picked up four points so far from two games under their new manager, Gary Monk. Um, sort of, you know, uh, they've been in sort of mixed form. They, they, they had a bit of pretty tough start to the season with Bruce leaving in pre-season, um, although they started the season pretty well. So um, I guess a hard one to read on, on, on how they'll go on the day, but another game that would be quite winnable at home. Yeah, I think... Um... I haven't seen. I, I mean, to be to be fair, I haven't seen much of um, Wednesday uh, so far this season. Um, so I'm not sure. I don't even know what their personnel is like or anything. But um, I, I think, I, I think personally, we are starting to. It seems like we're starting to turn performances into points. Um, the we I sort of talked about it before. The first section of the season was performances, but a lack of points um, as a result. We were, you know, throwing away leads or, or, or you know, or, or forfeiting results at all um, late in games. Um, but now it seems we see, I guess we've got our fit, our fitness is sort of um, almost up to, to an acceptable standard now. So I think we saw that on the weekend that we were still like able to be, you know, making those huge runs, much later in the game um, and being able to maintain that press um, and that pressure later in the game. Um, the I guess the only issue is with the short turnaround between um, the weekend and, and the Wednesday game that um, that fitness may be, um, I, I guess, really will be tested. Um, but I, I, think, um, I think a draw... Um, I wouldn't be disappointed with the draw. I'm obviously, um, you know, I'm feeling optimistic at the moment um, with the way that, it regard like the first half against Luton was pretty average, um, but we managed to dig our way out of that and turn what looked like, you know, I, I would have been happy with a one nil win once that Stewart goal went in, um, and for a while it looked like that was all it was going to be, but then we really um, sort of managed to find a way to, to put them to bed. Um, and they were a team that really could have um, made, I mean, they did make life difficult for us at times, but they really could have um, pr- probably embarrassed us um, re- realistically. So I think it was good to 
to turn a result uh, to a performance into a result and i think if we can we are starting to do that more consistently with um as i said with the built fitness so i'd be i th- i mean i can't see why we can't go um two for two um but i guess i'd be happy with a draw yeah i think if we could get four points out of these two games that'd be um you know decent enough obviously two wins would be the best result i think i think i think it's definitely doable i think as you say, I think we're starting to turn results into, well, we're starting to turn performances into results, I should say. And um, fitness levels definitely seem to be improving a lot. We don't really seem to be falling off in games as much as we were towards the start of the season. Um, and I think they're both teams that are really there for the taking. I don't think either is particularly impressive at the moment. And so um, I, I definitely think that, you know, if we can pick the right side and, and get a bit of uh, confidence into some of the players. Um, two wins certainly aren't out of the question. Um, so we'll finish off now by doing our football flashback, and it's to a game that seems quite appropriate given the fact that we're playing Cardiff at home this weekend. Uh, and we're looking back on the game uh, in back in 2012 that secured, well, I should say 2013, that secured our promotion to the Premier League uh, with a 2-2 draw against Cardiff at home. Um, it, it was one of the more dramatic games that uh, we've experienced um, it was sort of in this stretch of games where a couple of other uh, games were also being decided by a penalty down one end or, or a chance down one end and then a break down the other end and a goal being scored. Thankfully, though, in our case, that goal scored by Maynard, the penalty scored by Maynard, didn't impact on our ability to go up. Um, but the fact that we had to wait for 15 minutes to, uh, after our game finished to find out the result of the Leeds and Watford game where there'd been a bad keeper injury, um, huge amount of added time uh, added on. Um, and, and I guess the ultimate of irony is that it was Leeds that scored the, the goal to get us promoted. But uh, it was a pretty remarkable day. You know, so many different sort of elements of storylines to it. You had former and future City player Fraser Campbell scoring the opening goal for them. You had future City uh, goalkeeper Marshall in goal for Cardiff. Um, you had, you know, you're pretty much a quintessential City team of the time with Chester, um, McShane, Brady, El Mahamedy, Myler, Quinn, Boyd, all in the starting 11. Um it, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty remarkable game that had everything. Um, what are your what are your memories of the game, or if if, if not memories, uh, what's your sort of like, I guess reflection on that game and what it meant for the club? Yeah, um, I don't remember if I watched this game or not, which I should remember that. Um, but well, because you I said feel so like... you, you sort of started supporting City more yeah. so the following season. Yeah, I think this it? is yeah. I think the, I think this is the game that I guess sealed my uh you know my fate I suppose yeah. in terms of my in terms of um becoming a city supporter. Um which I mean I guess I'm a, I'm very thankful for this result um because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to in, enjoy the the ride that has been city over the last <laughs> what's it been six years yeah. um and i wouldn't have been able to come on and and talk football every week or so um but no i mean there's plenty of players there that um i guess the same thing as we as we talked about previously with the previous episode i was on that um good memories of a lot of these players um just maybe not in in this game yeah i mean it, it's a remarkable one because 
my memories of it, um, I'd <laughs> I'd been out at a friend's party and and I'd sort of driven up the road to it to another's place because back in those days, um, you know, all the games were on. Oh, I, th- I have a feeling it was even before being sports. I reckon it would have been the now defunct Satanta, which was. Um, I guess essentially the same sort of thing as being sports, but it was a very difficult package to get. So I think one friend happened to have um, Satanta, and so I went over to his place to watch the game. And I don't think I've ever experienced uh, such an emotional roller coaster in a game with so much on the line. Um, uh, you know, potentially the FA Cup final, except I guess the FA Cup final was just an incredible high followed by 60 minutes of, um, you know, being distraught or, or sort of, you know, accepting that that things probably weren't going to pan out the way we wanted them to. But with this one, going, we went 1-0 down quite early in the game to Campbell. I think it was just after half-time. Um, and then it was Proschwitz who got up from a corner. Uh, no, I don't think Proschwitz's goal was from a corner. I think it, he, he, he got us back level into the, in the game, and it was only about five minutes later that um, we did go in front from the corner. I think it was McShane who then scores from the corner. And so you kind of go from thinking, oh, you know, we've stuffed it up because it was it was typical City that for a couple of weeks before that, we'd had all of these chances where all we had to do was win one of the games uh, and we'd be promoted. And so I remember just, you know, every game every week was sort of televised because it was, you know, this could be the chance we get promoted. And we just kept fluffing our lines. And so it got to this game where it was sort of the now or never. And uh, and Campbell scored and sort of did the little, you know, oops, did I just do that sort of celebration because everyone had been booing him. And then you sort of thought, oh, well, that's it. We've stuffed it up. Um, and then and then up, up pops Proschwitz for, I think, only his third goal for the season or fourth goal for the season. Um, and, and then, you know, McShane puts us in front and all the emotion of that. And you sort of think, oh, hang on, we're actually going to do it. And then we've got a penalty in the 90th minute, so you think, okay, well, this is going to secure it, and Proschwitz is going to score it, and we'll be fine. And so, of course, he misses the penalty, goes down the other end, and Cardiff get a penalty, which they score, and you think, oh, no, we've stuffed it up again. And then in the 15 minutes between that game finishing and the the, the Watford game finishing, I think Watford and Leeds... Uh, Watford must have been leading, or they must have been drawing. And then Leeds scored you know, a crazy goal, chipped over the Watford keeper to sort of lock in the fact that Watford were going to go to the playoffs and we were going to get promoted and it was just this incredible up and down of emotion of what what could have been and what ended up happening and um, yeah I mean it's a fantastic game looking back on it and, and as you said it's it sort of you, you, you look at what the next season became and you think okay well we, we made an FA Cup final we secured a spot in Europe uh, we stayed up in the pr- Premier League with our highest points tally we you know had a record 6-0 home win we had a record 4-0 away win against Cardiff as well um, you know it, it, it was you know probably our most memorable in a lot of ways Premier League season I guess 0809 had a lot of you know memorable memorable moments but I, I guess in terms of um, accomplishments that 13-14 season was probably you know sort of just pipped it um and, and it was all sort of set off by this game yeah it's um it's crazy to 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 think um how i guess like you'd it's defined the, isn't the, the, it? yeah and and like how such a a huge chain of events um transpires from you know someone kicking a ball into a net <laughs> yeah absolutely you know, um it's it's crazy to to think about some of those things sometimes um but i guess that's why 
I guess that's why we love the game. Um, I couldn't help thinking, um, I was trying to think of what other games, and I guess I, I was thinking a little bit while you were talking about the um, our other um, final, uh, promotion final against... Um, Wednesday um, yeah, for our well, last promotion, and that know. was um, uh, when you talk about how crazy the game was. I was thinking about that and how wild that was, um, with you know Sheffield creating a slew of chances to to win, and us creating just as many chances and just being almost unable to 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 put it away. And then to, um, in I guess almost similar circumstances, um, uh, Modiame who had scored a few, but not a ridiculous amount of goals through the year. You know, popped up to to secure our promotion um, the next time around. Yeah, that's right. But, I hadn't really considered that fact that the two teams that we've got coming up are two teams that we've um, enjoyed promotion success against. So it, it is a bit funny in that sense um, that there is that sort of connection with those two opponents. Yeah, maybe it's a uh, a sign of um, you know a sign of the good good times that will come over the next uh, week or so. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we do get a couple of wins against them so we can be back here next week uh, talking about a a great uh, set of results and a great sort of push up the table. But until then, thanks for joining me, Dan. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, cause you're